Well, I asked, where's the beef? Let's call this for what this is. Oh my God. <laughs> they are so hopelessly woke. How dare you? <laughs> that is the intellectual capital of the left today. Give me a break. You are now watching the Daily Roundup. Hi, everybody. Ezra Levant here sitting in the chair of the live stream. Normally, my friends Sheila Gunn-Reed and David Menzies are here. We also rotate, rotate through other Rebel News talent. But every now and then, I like to sit here and talk about the news of the day. It is a startling and surprising piece of news that has, uh, I think, every Canadian Trudeau watcher agog today. The Trudeau Foundation... The CEO, the president, and the entire board have resigned in disgrace. It is absolutely shocking. And I think it is the sign that a lot of bad things are going to come out. Just FYI, the Trudeau Foundation is unique uh, in the free world, as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to go deeper on this in my show tonight at 8 p.m. But you you probably know that U.S. presidents, when they're done being president, they usually set up what's called a presidential library. What do you mean a library? Is it like just for books? Well, actually, it's for the papers of the president, um, for researchers, for academics to study. Um, there's also usually museums and meeting spaces. It's just sort of a memorial to the efforts of the president, the Reagan Library in California. I've never been there, but th there's a lot of events that are there. It's a real cultural place. Barack Obama is planning to build one in Chicago. I don't think they've even started it yet, which is sort of surprising. It's been six years. I don't know how progress is coming along. Uh, it's, a, it's a presidential tradition going back to the 40s. But, it, but there's two things to know about U.S. presidential libraries. They're controlled by the party of the president and his friends and family, and they are not paid for by tax dollars. So if you were to set up the Brian Mulroney Prime Ministerial Library, and that's not a Canadian tradition, if you were following the American model, Brian Mulroney and his buddies would pay for it. And I think that's the right way to do it. Why should people who hated that prime minister have to pay for him? But about 20 years ago, Canada did something Unique in Canadian history, and I've never heard of this anywhere else in the world, not in the UK, not in continental Europe, not in America. They set up the Trudeau Foundation, and in perpetuity, the Trudeau family gets to appoint not all the directors, but a number of the foundation members, they're called. The Prime Minister of Canada gets to appoint six of them. The Trudeau Foundation gets to, uh, the, the Trudeau family appoints three, but the money, even though this is a family slush fund, it's like the British um, knighthoods that, that pass down from father to son. It's an inherited thing. Literally, it's inherited. Pierre Trudeau's progeny for all time will be on the board of this. Okay, now, normally I wouldn't care. I don't care who's on the board of the Obama library. What do I care? Except for when the Trudeau Foundation was started, and here's what's unique about it. They got more than $100 million in Canadian taxpayers' money. In today's money, it would be like about $200 million. Now, the Trudeau Foundation does not have a budget of $200 million a year. In fact, I'll have to look at what its budget is. So why would you give 
the Trudeau Foundation $200 million in today's money, $115 million back then. Why would you give that to them? Why wouldn't you do like everything? Do you think your local library, like a real library, a Calgary Public Library, a Toronto Public Library, do you think that they have a $10 million slush fund there? No, they get a budget every year. And by the way, things change. Sometimes they're shut down. Sometimes they're expanded. Sometimes budgets are tightened. Sometimes budgets grow. Do you think your hospital gets a huge payment in advance? No. Now, some hospitals and some universities can do fundraising and have an, in, an endowment. But the Trudeau Foundation was started with $200 million in today's money, $115 million back then. So that it could never be taken away from them by future governments. This was in the dying days of the Chrétien prime ministership. And he knew that before long, Stephen Harper or some other conservative would likely be PM. So he wanted to take as much money as he could and put it into a liberal, not just a liberal party slush fund, but a Trudeau family slush fund. Um, Efren, I'm going to send you the link because people are probably saying, no, nah, that can't be. They can't literally have in there a rule that um, only true family members can serve. That, that's not Canadian. That's, that's, you know, maybe they have, like I say, the, in, in the UK, they have some uh, heritable aristocracy. There's some, you know, uh, barons or marquesses or dukes or whatever that pass down father to son. Yeah, foundation members. So they have, they have foundation members and pump this up as big as you can. I'm going to try and, and read it or maybe I'll just read it off my own screen here. So let me read this. Found, this is from the, you can see this is from the Trudeau Foundation website, right? In accordance with the Canada Not-for-Profit Corporations Act, the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation is governed by two bodies, the foundation's members and its board of directors. And then skip down. Members appoint directors to the board, um, approve changes to the bylaws, and appoint the external auditor. The foundation's membership is limited to 30 members. Six seats are reserved for members appointed by the Minister of Innovation, Science, and Economic Development in Canada. So the Prime Minister of Canada gets to appoint six. But look at this, and I've never seen this before anywhere ever. And another three seats are reserved for liquidators of the succession of the late Right Honorable Pierre Elliott Trudeau. So scroll down to the bottom of this page, just whip down to the bottom. And uh, who's the ugly guy with the Hitler mustache? It's Alexandre Trudeau. It's not quite a Hitler mustache. Let me retract that. Alexandra Trudeau, who made a documentary film paid for by the dictatorship of Iran, wrote a pro-China book paid for and published by the dictatorship of China. What's this left-wing layabout dictatorship fluffer do while he's, because he was the son of Pierre Trudeau, he, um, he's on the board of this thing as if it's some inheritance, a family bauble or trinket to be passed down like Pierre Trudeau's uh, convertible car. 
Isn't that gross? Have you, have you ever heard of that before? A government institution where you get to be in it only by being part of a certain family. What the actual hell? What, since when do we do that? Well, but of course, in fact, if you scroll back up, um, I'm not sure if it's on this or the other page, you see the, the illegitimate daughter of one of Trudeau's mistresses is on it too. Click to, here, let me send you another um, link. Um, I'm going to send that to you in Slack right now. Not only do layabout leftist crackpots like Alexandra Trudeau get this gig, but um, I don't know if you know this. This is it's a really weird story. Efron, do you know about Justin Trudeau's love child when he was like in his seventies? I mean Pierre Trudeau. Sorry, I said Justin Trudeau. So. So Pierre Trudeau and his wife, Margaret Trudeau, were notoriously unfaithful to each other. I think they hated each other and were at war with each other. Um, and uh, so they cheated on each other very famously. She slept with the Rolling Stones, et cetera. Go to the Wikipedia page. And I, and I don't, you know, you, you never rely on Wikipedia. You've always got to double check it, but this is, I'm, I'm just going there because it's the quickest way to get this information. Um, go to Pierre Trudeau, uh, Wikipedia. So Pierre Trudeau was born in October of 1919. That's him at the right there. And if you, if you look at, if you scroll down a little bit, and, and they, they have this little fact box, and then they say children. Four, yeah, it's on the right-hand side there. Scroll down just a little bit. Yeah, right there. You see it says four, highlighted just to show people where we're looking. It's like right, right above here. Four, including Justin, Alexandra, and um, Michelle, who I believe passed away in the avalanche. So hang on, four, including Justin, Alexandra, and Michelle. Well, who's the four? Why don't you name her? That's weird. You say there's four kids. Why do you only name three? That's a little weird, don't you think? Now do a, do, um, find, you know how to find things on the screen? Just command F. Search for coin, C-O-Y-N-E. In 1991, um, and by the way, Trudeau was born in 1919, so by this point, he is 72, okay? In 1991, Trudeau is 72 years old. Trudeau became a father again with Deborah Coyne to his only daughter, Sarah. Coyne later stood for the Liberal Party of Leadership and came in fifth. In a poll won by Justin, that's a little bit awkward. Trudeau's, uh, Pierre Trudeau's former mistress running against Pierre Trudeau's son, Justin. Um, so that, so, so the daughter of that um, illegitimate, uh, so, so his, he had a mistress named Deborah Coyne. And, um, the story of their meeting was just incredible. I'm, I'm not going to try and dig it up. She basically said to him, and how old was she? She was born in 1955. 
and they had this kid in 1991. So she was 35 when they met, and he was 71. What do you think of that? And she basically said, I want to have your baby. And he basically said, sure, I'll have sex with you and I'll have a baby with you, but uh, I don't want anything to do with the job. I'm 71. And she said, okay. And the most incredible, and I know this is an incredible story, and you'll see why I'm telling it, because his illegitimate daughter is on the board of the Trudeau Foundation. Like I say, it is where, uh, yeah, that's her right there at the top. Sarah Coyne, do you see that? Sorry, I said Susan. Yeah, sorry, I said Susan, it's Sarah Coyne. So you see that lady there, Sarah Coyne? What's she doing on the board of this government institution? 115 million bucks 20 years ago, worth about 200 million bucks today, put in this huge slush fund. And ta-da, Sarah Coyne is in charge. And what do they call Sarah Coyne there? What, what, how do they describe her there? Director, she's a partner at blah, 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 Capital. I don't know what that is. Um, yeah, she's not, she's not on the board because she's a partner at some make-work, fake-work place. She's on the board because she is Justin Trudeau's half-sister, Pierre Trudeau's illegitimate daughter. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. Susan Coyne funeral. Because the, if, you know, I'm, I'm having some fun at her expense here. Um, I guess she, you could say that she has fun at our expense um, all the time. At the Trudeau funeral, there's this incredible picture. Yeah, there it is. I'm going to send you this picture. You have basically two families, right? You've got Trudeau's, quote, real family. <laughs> and, and then his second, I, I'm not going to call it a secret family, but um, Deborah Coyne, his mistress, and their daughter had to walk two steps behind his real family. What's with all these weirdos and their two families? Like Mel, Mel uh, Lastman had a secret family. Warren Buffett has two wives. Bill Gates had a deal with his wife, Melinda, that once a year he get to, got to have a romantic weekend getaway with his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, click, click that one uh, right there. Yeah, click that one. Make it big. Yeah, click it. So there's in the front row there, you can see Margaret Trudeau on the left. Then I believe that's Alexandra. And then you see that little girl just beneath Alexandra's shoulder? Do you see that little girl there? And you see um, on uh, Justin Trudeau is on the right there, and you see that woman there? That's Deborah Coyne. So... So that little girl there, Sarah, you know, she was always second place in the family. Pierre Trudeau didn't, wasn't a dad to her. He was just like a sperm donor, really. And um, like really weird family on both sides there. She had to walk behind the real family. She was just, 
the, I mean, they were in the olden days, they would use the word bastard daughter of a illegitimate union with a really weird lawyer, Deborah Coyne, who basically said to a 71 year old man, I know you're old. I know you're going to die. I just want to have your baby. And he said, sure. <laughs> and, and he actually did wind up taking care of her, didn't he? Because she's on the board of the Trudeau Foundation. Do you find that weird, Efron? Like, if this was Trudeau's own money, I would have nothing to say about it. I don't care what Pierre Trudeau, I don't, I mean, he had an enormous number of mistresses. He he and, and Margaret Trudeau cheated on each other all the time. They were trying to out-humiliate each other all the time. Um, Pierre Trudeau would beat her, and that's not a rumor or gossip. That was why they reported, and... Um, it was actually quite sad. I might find them because you might be saying that can't be true. I'll find it later. Pierre Trudeau would beat her and she would have a black eye and uh, she would make excuses for him and say, oh, he was, he truly cared for me. He was very macho. I'll try and find that. It was, uh, it was actually incredibly sad what Pierre Trudeau did to Margaret Trudeau. And I think he drove her mad. I mean, she's had mental illness her whole life. She said that marijuana always made it worse. Uh, so it's odd that Justin Trudeau was the number one marijuana legalizer in Canadian political history. But um, sort of a sad family. And even that family photo, would you say that that's sort of sad? You know, and even the Wikipedia page. Pierre Trudeau had four children, and we will only tell you the names of three of them. <laughs> that's so weird. Um, but uh, there you have it. The reason that's of interest because you're paying for it, folks. Not only are you paying for it with your tax dollars in this forever fund for all the line of succession un until the Trudeaus no longer uh, procreate, but the Trudeau Foundation, and I, what I think is the real reason for the mass resignation today of the entire board, is because they were the money launderers for those Chinese donations. Let's read the statement here. Let's read the statement. I mean, I think this caught a number of people by surprise. It certainly caught me by surprise. Um, <laughs> statement from the Pierre Trudeau Foundation, resignation of the board of directors and the president and CEO. So who's left? The janitor? Montreal, April 11, 2023. In recent weeks, the political climate surrounding a donation received by the foundation in 2016. Hey, why don't you mention where that donation is from and who it's from? A donation surrounding a donation received in 2016. Just some donation eight years ago, nothing important. Why, why don't you say who, who it was from? That's weird. Has put a great deal of pressure on the foundation's management and volunteer board of directors as well as on our staff and our community. Really? Has it really put a lot of pressure on, on staff and the community? I would imagine it put pressure on people who were a part of it. Um, 
a part of the money laundering, but uh, was it really all of them? Were they all in on it? The Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation is an independent, nonpartisan scholarship organization created with broad support in the House of Commons in 2002. Is that really what it is? It's a non-independent? <laughs> independent other than the fact that Justin Trudeau, as I just showed you, appoints six people, and then the family appoints three people. It, how do you call that independent? How do you call it nonpartisan, where it's basically uh, a soft landing for every failed failure to launch liberal there is? Created... It's a scholarship organization. Really? Really? Is that what it is? Is that what you took the money for? You got a $200,000 gift from the Chinese Communist Party for scholarships? Is that what that was for? Don't have enough money in Canada? You need that communist dictatorship money for a scholarship? Really? They're even lying to you now. The circumstances created by the politicization of the foundation have made it impossible to continue with the status quo, and the volunteer board of directors has resigned, as has the president and CEO. Um, this foundation was political from its inception. Look at the name. It's the Trudeau Foundation. Look at who's on it. People handpicked by the prime minister or by the family. The politicization of it? You took money from the world's worst dictators, the largest prison in the world called Communist China. You took 200 grand as a quid pro quo. Hey, Sheila had a little video, Efron, I sent it to you right at the opening of the hour. I don't really remember it, but I know it was on point. Can you pump up the volume and can we listen for one second? Because Trudeau was intimately involved with the Trudeau Foundation, as you might guess from the name, and he absolutely is the one who politicized it. Here you have the board saying, this, something terrible has happened to us. In the last few weeks, bad people have politicized us. We've never been political. We're independent and nonpartisan. We have nothing to do with Trudeau at all. Here's a video Sheila did on the subject. I think this video is over a year ago. Take a look. The conflict of interest policy was adopted 11 years before Justin Trudeau resigned from the board of the foundation. Look at this. On 10 December 2014, almost one year prior to the most recent federal election, the foundation received a letter from Mr. Justin Trudeau informing the foundation of his formal withdrawal from its affairs during his active involvement in federal politics. Also on this very same page, we see details of how often Trudeau actually participated in foundation board meetings, once in 2010, once in 2013, and once in 2014, and often all by phone, literally just phoning it in. I hope you didn't charge them for a speaking fee for all of that, and I'm not joking. Look at this in black locks. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau yesterday disclosed he collected more than $1.3 million in speaking fees from private sponsors over a six-year period from 2006 to 2012. Cabinet released the records to preempt conservative calls for wider disclosure of records. The conflict of interest policy was adopted 11 years before Justin Trudeau resigned from I the board. I think it's on a found. loop there now, Efron. Thank you. So um, what does that show? That shows a few things. First of all, that Justin Trudeau was involved even after he became the leader of the party, even after he became an MP. Um, and it segued to his charging speaking fees. You know, he became an MP. I forget the exact year. He obviously was an MP before he was prime minister. And if you look at the words MP, those initials, it stands for Member of Parliament, and Parliament, you can see sort of the root of the word to parlor, to parlay. 
It means to speak. Member of Parliament is a place where you speak. And politicians can't stop speaking. They have logoria. Um, and politicians love to speak because they're trying to persuade people that they're right, trying to convince people to vote for them or donate to them. You can't shut a politician up. But Justin Trudeau did not give speeches for free, even when he was an MP. Even though that's part of his job, it's even in the job title. He would charge up to $30,000 to give these trite, hallmark card cliche type speeches just to pick up 30 grand. Were they really worth 30 grand? No, of course not. That's another form of money laundering. Hey, Justin Trudeau, can I hang out with you for an hour and get your phone number and we, we can chat and be friends? And in return, I'll give you 30 grand for a speech that you're giving that you give all the time that you're supposed to give because it's part of your job. You know, I, I, I don't know if you can find them anymore. I think his speeches have largely been scrubbed from YouTube. They were just so awful. I don't think you can find them anymore. Uh, and even the algorithm has pushed them down because they were so old. But they, it's the kind of speech he would talk and talk and talk in sort of subordinate clause, subordinate clause. You can think, okay, where's the point? Where's the point? Where's the point? Where's the point? And, and he would finish and he, you'd think, okay, what did he say? Did he say anything? Um, speech teachers convention. He used to give a lot of speeches to teachers conventions. Um, because I think that was his demographic group. They just sort of loved daydreaming about, you know, when they were younger and, and Pierre Trudeau was the prime minister. I can't find them. I'm not going to spend any more time looking for them. It's in fairness to the algorithm. There's so much Justin Trudeau content, uh, in the last eight years, it probably makes sense that it is hard to find his teachers' union speeches. But basically, there was no teachers' union in the country he wouldn't speak in front of for 30 grand a pop. And um, it's just money laundering. I mean, when Hillary Clinton gives a speech on Wall Street, which she, used, she gave so many speeches on Wall Street for 175 grand, a quarter million bucks, Hillary Clinton is not a great investor, scholar, economist, strategist, when you pay, when Goldman Sachs pays a quarter million bucks to hear Hillary Clinton talk, they're not taking notes about what should I invest in. They're just saying, here's 250 grand, come give us a speech so we can pretend. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> here's who paid Hillary Clinton $22 million in speaking fees. Do you think she's that interesting to listen to? Do you think Justin Trudeau is that? I mean, he, um, um, I've never heard a politician say, ah, so often. Yeah, it's uh, money laundering, folks. So, um, yeah, that's the big news today. I've told you some of my thoughts on it. I'm going to go through more of them at my 8 p.m. show tonight, um, which is called The Ezra Levant Show. It's behind a paywall. And I'd encourage you to check it out. Every day I do a monologue for about 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes. So the other day I did a 35-minute monologue. Um, then I interview a guest typically. Then I read my fan mail or hate mail. And uh, do it five days a week. And if you want to learn more, go to rebelnewsplus.com. So that's, we call that a premium show, a Rebel News Plus. And it's eight bucks a month. And um, that's what I'm doing my show on tonight. But I want to shift gears for a second. 
because we are working on so many things here at Rebel News. And I, we've got some super chats. I'll read them in a second. In fact, let me just first see if they're on this subject. If they are, I'll take them right now. What do you think about, what do you think about um, Pierre Trudeau's illegitimate daughter at age 71 with some young lawyer who said, I think you're really intellectually hot. I want to have your baby. Don't worry. I don't want any money. Just impregnate me before you die. What do you think of that? Like, don't you think that's really weird? Did you know that? It's sort of hard to find that. In fact, uh, you know, maybe I should come back and prove that. Like, like the story of how she basically said, here's the deal. Gonna see if I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I gotta show it to you. I can you know, you know what? I'm not gonna leave this subject. Because why should I? All right, I just sent you the link there in Slack. Deborah Coyne's memoir is too much information. After 35 years, Deborah Coyne is satisfying curiosity about her relationship with Pierre Trudeau. Okay, everyone, get your barf bags. In what may strike some as a curious case of political timing, liberal leadership candidate Deborah Coyne is publishing a memoir on her relationship with Pierre Trudeau. There's always been a degree of prurient interest about the relationship between Coyne and the former prime minister, not only because of the big age difference, she was 30 and he was 67 when they met, but also because it produced a child who's grown up largely outside the public spotlight. According to the Toronto Star, which tried to interview her on the 10th anniversary of her father's death, the public didn't even know of her existence until four months after her birth, when she became front page news after it emerged that Trudeau, then 71, had been listed as the father on her birth certificate. Until now, Miss Coyne has resisted adding to the details. Nosy reporters were invited to buzz off, which was fine. She was a single mother acting to protect her daughter. Trudeau was divorced and out of office when the relationship began, so really it was nobody's business but their own. Until now, when suddenly Miss Coyne feels the need to unburden herself. She's never written about her life like this before, said Derek Finkel of the Canadian Writers Group, which is publishing the book Unscripted. Deborah's been working on a number of different writing projects, blah, blah, blah. Let me read uh, the next part. I would have settled down with Pierre, even married him, but he had a life that involved both numerous public commitments, even in that later stage of his life, and his family. He wasn't prepared to commit to anything. We never intended to have children. At his age, and with the three sons he was so proud of, he understandably didn't see having another child in his future. Given the circumstances, I understood and accepted the way things had to be. Our relationship together was no less significant or meaningful just because it was unconventional. Anyways, that's one review of it. But basically, she said to him, I want to be, be your baby mama. That's just, that's just how it is in the Trudeau family. You know what? I should probably dig up the news stories when Pierre Trudeau would physically beat Margaret Trudeau black and blue. And then she would tell the newspapers the next day, I loved it. I deserved it. It's proof he really loves me. And it's very macho. She literally said that. That is one screwed up family. And as that book review there says, that's nobody's business until they make it your business by making you pay for it. If Coyne and Trudeau got together and had an illegitimate daughter, what do I care? I, I have no idea how many kids are born out of wedlock these days. It's probably close to half, I'm guessing. But then you put that daughter on the board of directors? 
of the Trudeau Foundation and you put 200 million bucks in there from tax dollars? Yeah, all of a sudden it is. So is there anyone else you want to put on there? You, you know, just somebody, you want to put your barber on there maybe? You want to, you know, is there anyone you don't want to slough off on the public dime? Like literally, can you earn a living yourself or is your entire life programmed to extract as much lucre from the public square as possible? Those Trudeaus are super gross. They're super gross. I'll talk more about it at 8 p.m. So here's Trudeau today asked about it. And I've and I've shown, I've quoted from the Trudeau Foundation official website, which talks about how Trudeau personally picks six members, and then the family picks three. But listen to this liar lie. Take a take a look. This is in regards to a Trudeau Foundation question. The entire board and the CEO of the foundation resigned this morning. They cited the recent politicization of their work. Are you concerned about the long-term stability of the organization and that the fallout from allegations of foreign interference is extending beyond your government? As you well know, uh, the Trudeau Foundation is uh, a, a foundation uh, with which I have absolutely no intersection. Uh, it was established uh, to promote uh, knowledge and uh, academic research into the humanities uh, following uh, the death of my father uh, and has had uh, a, an extraordinary impact on uh, academic institutions and on uh, you know, brilliant Canadians. Um, it is a shame to see the level of uh, toxicity and political polarization uh, that is going on in our country these days, uh, but I am certain that the Trudeau Foundation uh, will be able to continue to ensure uh, that research into the social studies and humanities at the highest levels across Canadian uh, academic institutions uh, continues for many years to come. So that was what, a 30 second quote? I, I could hear two lies in there. The first was, there's absolutely no intersection between me and the Trudeau Foundation. My name is Justin Trudeau. I am the son of Pierre Trudeau. I appoint six of the board members as prime minister, and then the successors to Pierre Trudeau appoint three more. My illegitimate sister, uh, half-sister is on there. My uh, foolish brother is on there. But I have no connection with this thing. Why would you even ask? That's the first lie. And then the second was, all this toxicity. Other people are so toxic. Those other people, who are these? They're these toxic people. You, you mean the one who took the $200,000 check from the Chinese Communist Party affiliated uh, donor because he's so interested in funding the humanities in Canada? So other people are the source of the toxicity. You have to understand. Yeah, so that's a 2016 photo. This is Bob Mackin. He's great. 2016 photo of Justin Trudeau and Trudeau Foundation donor Zhang Bin. Um, yeah, those other people, why are you being so toxic? Here I am taking a check from the Chinese Communist Party. And why are you, why are you being so negative? Will you stop being so toxic? I'm surprised he didn't use the words misinformation or disinformation. I'm surprised he didn't throw the word Vladimir Putin in there. What a weirdo loser. You know what? By the way, 
I hope that um, I hope that Sarah Coin has a normal life. I don't know if that's possible, but I hope she stays away from these Trudeaus. But it looks like she's not. She just loves that grift. What a shame. All right, let's read some super chats, which I think there uh, may well be some. Um, yeah, Flame2323 says, Deborah is the cousin of journalist Andrew Coyne and actress Susan Coyne and the niece of former Bank of Canada Governor James Coyne. Yeah, I mean, as, as I'll say a little bit more in my monologue tonight, you think Canada is the second largest country in the world? You think Canada is a growing country with 38 million people? You are wrong. Canada is a very small club and you are not invited. Uh, Bowden, Bowden Nielsen, 10 bucks, says, love Rebel News. Well, thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Ableist SL said, the pre-OWS Tradcon scandals severely damaged the right to the point where nobody recognized the existence of non-Tradcons until Gamergate exposed the regressive left. Recovery began after that. You know, I'm sorry, I got to Google OWS. I just... I just don't know what that means. And Googling it is not helping me because there's a ton of things. You know what? I just, I'm just going to plead ignorance. I just don't know what you're talking about. I'm vaguely familiar with Gamergate, but forgive me. I just, I just don't even know. Um, all right. I think I'm caught up on the super chat. Hey, I want to talk about a documentary film we're making. I'm excited about it. We got, Really great cameras. Is that right, Afron? We bought these fancy new documentary quality. Were they like 4K? What what else is cool about them? I don't know the language. 4K, 60 frames a second. Is that so so extremely rich, right? Like very, very cinematographic. So very cinematic, right? So so it's going to be a very special documentary. It's, you know, listen, all our stuff is good. Some of our stuff is filmed on phones. You know, you just take a phone and you point it and shoot. And that's uh, the fun of it. But we want to make something that's visually beautiful. And we are making uh, a video, a documentary film called Church Under Fire. And Sheila Gunn-Reed is the anchor of that. She's the host. Um, if you want to help us crowdfund that, we do need help. Go to savethechristians.com. And you might say, save the Christians, that's a bit much. That sounds a bit overheated. Really? Hey, uh, what's the country in the world that arrested more Christian pastors during the lockdowns for violating health rules than any other country? Think it was communist China? Think it was North Korea? Not as far as I'm aware. The country that I know of that jailed uh, the most Christian pastors for daring to open their churches during the lockdown was none of those places. It was not China or Iran or North Korea. It was Canada. And I think that story ought to be told, and it ought to be told well. And our friend Sheila Gunn-Reed is going to tell it. Do we have a trailer? Should we play the trailer? I say we play the trailer. If you want to chip in, go to savethechristians.com. We'll, we'll load that up. And uh, I just can't believe the news today, and I think it's just quite something. I wonder about the timing of the closure of the Pierre Trudeau Foundation. I mean, normally they hold bad news to a Friday afternoon, right? They release it before a long weekend, especially if they can. Uh, do we have an actual trailer as opposed to me just blabbing? Okay, here we go. Take a look. 
more and more Canadians are getting vaccinated. But like we know, cases in far too many places are far too high. We can't ease public health restrictions until cases are way down. Well, I think there's been a, we're like a boiling frog for a while. I think our freedoms have just been slowly stripped from us and, and, and so slowly over time that we didn't even realize it. And so when something like a health order is put in place that takes away your freedoms, it's not shocking to people. And it really should be shocking to people that there is a pastor in jail right now. you for the Lord Jesus Christ as we've experienced the cost of serving him. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. All right, Mr. Stevens. Yes. Right now, we're just doing our job, okay? <laughs> This officer can repent today and turn to Jesus Christ. That's good news. Why should you join Canada's National Firearms Association? We currently have one of the most aggressively anti-firearm governments in our nation's history, promoting fear and placing blame like never before. Our rights, freedoms, culture, and heritage, it's all on the line. But we are fighting back, and there is strength in numbers. We work within the law to change the law, to defend competitors, hunters, collectors, and other law-abiding firearms owners. We can get through this. We've done it before, and we'll do it again, if you are with us. Canada's National Firearms Association. Freedom, safety, responsibility, Hey guys, thanks for watching the live stream and sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to pop on to tell you about this incredible sweatshirt that I'm wearing, but also all the other great merchandise that we have available at rebelnewsstore.com. We're adding new stuff all the time, so be sure to keep checking. Even if you shop today, there might be something new tomorrow. And if you are shopping, be sure to use the coupon code SHEILA10 for 10% off at checkout. Again, it's rebelnewsstore.com, coupon code SHEILA10 for 10% off at checkout. Hey, you know, I just sent you something, Efron. I just put it in Slack a minute ago. I forgot about this, but, um, you know, I mentioned that the, that the prime minister appoints six directors to the Trudeau Foundation. So I'm not sure who appointed them, but I, it may have been Stephen Harper. He appointed a former conservative MP named Chuck Strahl to the board of the Trudeau Foundation. 
I guess if it's the prime minister's job to appoint six, he'll appoint six. But look at that story. Former MP Chuck Straw quits Trudeau Foundation in wake of donor revelations. Okay, well, that sounds like what we just happened this morning, except for, can you zoom in on the date of that thing? November 24, 2016. Six and a half years ago. I'll just read a little bit from the story. Former conservative MP Chuck Straw has resigned as a director of the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation in the wake of revelations that a $1 million donation of the organization and the University of Montreal was made by senior apparatchiks in Chinese state-run organizations whose purpose is to project Beijing's influence abroad. In a resignation letter, Mr. Straw says what actually prompted him to quit is that the liberal MPs are invoking his directorship in their defense of the contribution, which includes $50,000, blah, blah, blah. I cannot allow them to imply that my position with the foundation somehow justifies their actions. Mr. Straw, a one-time cabinet minister in the Stephen Harper government, wrote to Foundation President Morris Rosenberg, blah, 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 promote education. I am unwilling to be used as a foil for the liberal party. Um... So basically, Chuck Strahl is saying they are claiming I support this liberal money laundering and I don't and I'm out of here. I don't think Chuck was actually as clear as he could have been. He didn't actually resign because of the dirty money. He resigned because um, the liberals were saying, hey, it can't be dirty money if Chuck Strahl is in there. So actually, I, I, think, I don't think Chuck Strahl should uh, get as much credit uh, as, uh, as he did for that. But the reason I show you that is to prove that everyone knew how crooked they were. Everyone knew this was the way to bribe the Trudeaus. Just like the Clinton Foundation, when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, her husband, Bill, what was he doing? He was ringing out foreign governments and corporations. Some of them would pay 10 million bucks, 20 million bucks to the Clinton Foundation. When Hillary was the Secretary of State. So you might have the president of a country who's got a meeting with Hillary on Wednesday to discuss A, B, and C. And on Tuesday, you got to meet with Bill first because you got to make a little donation in the tip jar, 10 million bucks, 20 million bucks. I think the Canadian government actually made payments to that. That's just everyone in the world knew that's how you paid off the Clintons. And I wonder if this is news. I'm going to refer to Katie Telford. Katie Telford is Trudeau's chief of staff. She's really the capo di tutti capi in the crime family. Um, a couple of articles today. PM's chief of staff, Katie Telford, set to testify Friday, April 14th, on foreign interference. Really? I wonder if that has anything to do with the, uh, the mass resignations today. Here's an article from a couple of years ago in the National Post about Katie Telford. Um, and, you know, like I say, it is a small club and you are not in it. If you are not a liberal or a liberal donor or a member of the Chinese Communist Party, you are simply not part of the cool kids. And your job is therefore to pay taxes to people like Sarah Coyne and Katie Telford. Look at this headline here. Go ahead and put it on the screen. Trudeau government paying $84 million to firm employing Katie Telford's husband to manage rent assistance aid program. <laughs> I mean, it's just too much. It's just too much. But of course, um, it's very corrupt. 
I mean, and are you surprised by that? Like, look at the governments that Trudeau admires. China's basic dictatorship, Castro, the former Soviet Union. He's sympathetic to every banana republic, every dictatorship, every cult of personality there is. And so that's who his models are. His models, his role models are not people like Winston Churchill or Abraham Lincoln or George Washington or they're all, they're not even Canadian. Like I was just giving you some British and American models. And, and what's that clip there you got teed up? Roger Beryl. Um, his, his role models are always banana republic or dictatorship bosses because that's how he fancies himself, I think. It's quite something. Um, he's so out of touch, though. Hey, do you have that credit card clip for Pierre Polyev tweet? You know, the last Trudeau who worked for a living was Pierre Trudeau's father, who Justin Trudeau obviously never met. I think his name was Charles Emile. Let me, let me check that out. And you'll never guess how the Trudeau family made its money. Like they're, they're quite a wealthy family, um, partly because they're grifters and moochers the whole time. Um, his father, yeah, Charles Emile. Trudeau. I'm just going to read a little bit about him. He was born in 1887. Um, he born in Quebec, son of Joseph Louis Trudeau, a semi-literate farmer. Um, after a 10-year courtship, he married Great uh, Grace Elliott, blah, blah, blah. Charles Emile was a lawyer by training. He practiced for 10 years. But really, let me read a key paragraph here. Trudeau, so this is Charles Emile. This is Justin Trudeau's grandfather, who he never met. He died in 1935, literally 37 years before Trudeau was born. Trudeau, grandpa, a lawyer by training, practiced for 10 years. Trudeau accumulated a fortune by building gas stations around the Montreal area and a loyalty program known as the Automobile Owners Association which by 1932 had 15,000 members patronizing Trudeau's 30 gas stations. He sold his business to Champlain Oil Products Limited for $1 million uh, while remaining with Champlain as a general manager for that subsidiary. Now, you might say a million dollars. What's that? Well, in 1932, what's a million dollars um, in 1932 worth today? 21 times that. So, um, it's like selling it for 20 million bucks. And that's just one of his businesses. Among his other investments, Trudeau had an interest in mining companies. He was the largest shareholder in the uh, Montreal's baseball team. He was vice president of Belmont Park. So, believe it or not, Charles Emile was a conservative. Uh, which won't surprise you because unlike his son and grandson, he actually worked for a living. Um, he certainly wasn't anti-fossil fuels or anti-mining. He got rich off both. So Charles Emile was the last Trudeau to earn a living. Pierre Trudeau was a Marxist dabbler 
And Justin Trudeau is so far removed from the world of work, he literally has never met a family member who has worked. So of course, his brother Alexandra is a grifter who got his movie paid for by the dictatorship of Iran and his book paid for by the dictatorship of China, of course. Of course, he charges 30 grand a pop for speeches, even when he's an MP, of course, he gets the wee charity to pay his family a quarter million bucks, again, from charity money. Of course, of course, of course. All he has known his whole life is grifting. Of course, he gets a free island, a free vacation on Billionaire Island in the Caribbean. That's just how it always is. You think he, you think he works for a living? So it's just incredible to have a guy, Silver Spoon, uh, daddy's lawyers will fix it. Daddy's accountants will fix it. Someone else will pick up the tab. Just bill it to some agency. Listen to that silver spoon guy. Talk to real Canadians about credit card debt. Do you have credit card debt? Credit card debt is the worst debt in the world. Would you agree with me on that, Efron? Like, I think there's a place in life for debt. You're never going to get ahead in life if you don't have some financing. That's what debt means. The best kind of debt I think everyone understands is a mortgage. It's often the cheapest loan you can get because it's secured against an asset. And it's not a BS thing. You're not buying, you're not, you could be a speculator, but most people, when they own real estate, they own it to live in. So even if you overpaid a bit or whatever, at least you're getting the use of the house. The best debt is a mortgage. It's the cheapest debt and the most secure debt and the most long-term debt. And you can, there's ways to, to handle it. The worst debt is credit card debt. There are credit cards that charge 25% interest. I bet there's some more. I think there's, I think the definition of criminal usury in our criminal code of Canada is like 60%. <laughs> criminal code usury. I, yeah, 60%. Isn't that incredible? It's literally a crime in Canada to charge 60% or more interest. But it is not a crime to charge 30%. So what's the TD visa interest rate? I'm just curious. I'm, I just picked one at rent. 24.99% or 28% on cash advances. Efron, if it is literally a crime, I'm talking go to jail, pay a fine, criminal record, can't travel, to charge 60%, 6-0%, is it half a crime to charge 28%? That's money lending, that's, that's what are they called? Protection, uh, what's that called? Loan shark. That's, that's loan shark money. That's the debt you got to get out of as fast as you can, right? You're paying that kind of debt, it's going to, the interest will be more than the principal. I tell you this, because everyone knows this, Except the rich kid. Take a listen to the rich kid. Lecture young people about why they should rack up their credit card bills. I just told I just picked TD out of the blue. I'm I'm just gonna pick another one. I'm gonna um Amex interest rate. I'm just gonna pick that slightly lower. They claim it's 23%. What's another bank? RBC. Uh, visa. I, I mean, it would be madness 
Yeah, 23%. Absolute madness to advise a young person to rack up credit card debt. Like, isn't that the opposite of what our parents always tell us? Look at this fool. Take a look. Yes. You know, you know if you're use, you used your credit card for the first time, you're using your credit card to invest in a huge flat screen TV home theater system for your basement. Okay. You know, that's going to be something you're going to be paying off for, for a while. But if you use your credit card to go back to school, or if you use your credit card, uh, you, you go into debt to uh, build an expansion on your house uh, that you're then going to be able to uh, sell your house for more, if you're making investments that are going to return, that is how you grow a strong economy. Because quite frankly, confident economies invest in themselves. And that's exactly what Canada has done. And that's why Canada is looking so good for the future. And our fiscal path is responsible, restrained, and is going to uh, leave people with more opportunities, not burden in the coming years. So thank you very much for that. Did that moron tell these kids to use the credit card to pay for university? Did that moron tell these kids to renovate their house on their credit card, not to get a home loan or a mortgage. So I, I just Googled um, TD home loan interest rates. And again, I'm not picking on TD. It's just the bank that pops into my mind. You can get a mortgage anywhere from 4.9% up to 6.4%. Depends on the details. Home equity flex line. That's the kind of thing that you would use to spruce up your house, 6.7%. It's not cheap anymore. But the difference between 6% or 5% versus a credit card of 23, 25, 28%. Justin Trudeau is literally advice, he's giving financial advice to young people to rack up credit card debt. And he's saying, don't buy a TV with it. Actually, that's the perfect kind of thing because it's like 500 bucks. He says, renovate your home on your credit card. That's what he said. He said, Pay your tuition on your credit. What's that? Eight thousand, ten thousand bucks? Depends on your school, even more. Who let that moron give financial advice to anyone? That's the idiot who said budgets balance themselves. In his life, they do, because the only side of a credit card he has ever dealt with is the fun side when you use it to buy things. He ne you think he's ever paid a bill in his life? That's what daddy's accountants are for. That's what daddy's lawyers are for. And if they don't work, well, then you just bill the Trudeau Foundation or you bill Katimovic or you bill, you know, some speaking opportunity that's money laundering you 30 grand anyway. So why not, why not charge them an extra five grand for expenses? Imagine having a silver spoon, spoiled brat, never worked a day in his life, never paid a bill in his life, always had daddy and his money to pick you up, giving advice to young people to rack up their credit cards for all the insane things he just said. Credit cards, depending on your card, are as high as, I just found one for 27, 28%. What an idiot. What an idiot. He's also unethical and he's a liar. You know, being an idiot is not the worst thing in the world. Being unethical is worse. I would rather deal with an honest idiot than a dishonest genius. In the case of the Trudeaus, I think you have the worst of both worlds.
My friend, that's our live stream for the day. I invite you to tune back in at 8 p.m. where I'll have a longer and more polished and more evidenced presentation on the Trudeau Foundation. What a bunch of crooks. Like seriously. And I know a little bit about corporate law and the law of fiduciary duties and being a director. All those directors and the president who quit and are running out of the room before the cops come, that's not going to save you. What you did for the last five years is extremely relevant. I bet they got the shredders working over time. I bet they've got those documents shredded. I bet they're burning files. I bet they're, they're smashing iPhones like Hillary Clinton did. I bet they're calling up Hillary Clinton asking her for advice on how to bleach bit old emails. Bunch of crooks. Um, yeah, that's Canada's uh, prime minister. Between him and his father, they were... They ruled, and I say ruled because that's how they think of themselves. They ruled this country for a quarter century already, quarter century between the two of them. Until tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, on behalf of all of us here at Rubble World Headquarters, to you at home, goodbye. Keep fighting for freedom.